0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Nerd Herd Comic Book Club, your number one stop for stellar reviews of volumes, arcs, or stories that us or yourselves choose. You can find us live every Wednesday on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and the replay on all podcast networks. Take a seat, get yourselves and your opinions ready, as it's time to join the herd. But first, please put your hands together for your hosts, Shane, Phil, Scott and Martin as they kick off this week's discussion.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Nerd Heart Comedy Club. This is this is it. This is the final wave of season three. And just before we go ahead, I'm, I'm going to do a of, something a bit different. We're going to look at the leaderboard straight from the off because what? this is our competition. Yeah, I just want to do this. This is what we're looking at. This is our top 10.
0: That was so quick. <laughs> what the hell?
1: Yeah, I'm just starting. We've only had four weeks to go with this season. We've got, let's get stuck in. This is okay. our top I
2: thought you were doing like a subliminal message thing. <laughs> oh, no.
1: You've you've ruined it for me, guys. I had this all planned in my head. That's, I, well, yes, this is the top 10. This is the competition, right? This is our last four books we're picking for this wave. This see. kind of our new picks. Take that top spot and not, not peak Triple G Comics off the top. Come on, one of us four deserve it. Let's do it. Anyway, my name's Phil. I'm your host this evening. I'm, of course, joined by Shane. hoy. Uh Scott.
0: Shumai, how you doing? Thanks for joining.
1: And Martin. Evening all. I said that really dramatically. Martin. And,
0: and so Martin. Dun, yeah. dun, dun, dun.
1: Uh, and this week, um, my last pick of the wave... It is a preacher, volume one, um, gone to Texas, written by Garth Ennis, art by Steve Dillon, colors by Matt Hollingsworth, and letters by Clem Robbins. This is from DC Vertigo Comics from 1995. Um, so, yeah, can this, can this do well? I believe it can. And
0: we're covering volume one, not book one. Yes. Book one, there's like 12 issues, volume one, there's seven.
1: Yeah, and we should say this too. Like I, I had no prior knowledge about preacher, and reading the first four issues, thought so was great. But then it started a new storyline. So technically speaking, this is a two for one. We're getting two stories in one volume. That's that's your money's worth. That's that's worth every penny. Hopefully, all oh, none of them. Yeah, let's see <laughs> exactly. Um. So yeah, let's just see who has joined us in the chat this evening. We are joined by the Funky Gibbons. Who said "Howdy ho"? Unfortunately, haven't read along this week. Uh, Which this book's a horror book, so I'm definitely surprised. You, you know, you haven't, and hopefully, you do give it a go at some it? time. I've it horror. It's
0: actually a yeah. horror. I would is say it? so. Nah,
1: I wouldn't have said that. Not horror, like you know, like zombies and a story unit horror, but definitely okay. Dark. I'll say that it's dark.
0: Definitely, it's it's a '90s book. Yeah, uh, say that.
1: See you same evening, lads. Kevin is here. Evening all. Island G said "Hey guys. And Gareth Hatfield is what up was.
0: Yeah, explain that emoji for the podcast. Go on. Uh,
1: it's um power
2: cool emoji. emoji. Surfing, dude. It's yeah. as if
0: you're it's as if you're on the phone. You're holding your thumb and yeah. your pinky. Like you're having a phone call, innit? What's up, dude? What's up, dude? It's
1: just the cool guy emoji on the call. So yeah, I thought I thought, you know how do you even describe this book how, how can i give a synopsis because there's a lot of mad stuff going um on in this book what i will say is this is for mature audiences Um mm-hmm. not just not for kids this is for mature audiences i think the, the reason i say that because i had a thing with this today i think it's an element of like it's not just i don't want to expose this stuff to younger audiences i think you have to be a mature person to kind of get what's happening here and understand it and not kind of and you picked it. Yeah. Well, I didn't know what I was picking, to be honest. Yeah. So don't, don't, <laughs> you know, don't judge me on that. Um, Interesting enough, though. And I tell you guys this every time I pick up, I, I read. I, I always go on to Goodreads after I've read it to try and get an idea of what people think and whatever else. And I've done this for this book today. And have you ever heard of the art, the author, Patrick Rufus or Ruffus, who done The Name of the Wind, The King Killer Chronicles? Okay. Pretty well, well known. Um, fantasy author and he had this to say what i'm going to say but do you remember last week when we showed this book for next week i said this is divisive you're going to love it or hate it
0: it's a mamite book
1: yeah so this is what he says in my opinion one of the best things about this series is its beginning if you've never read garth ennis before this is a good place to start because all odds are you're going to love this series or hate it and by no small twist of fate odds are that you're going to also love or hate garth ennis why would you hate garth ennis well because his work contains graphic ultra violence vulgarity and blasphemy on pretty much every conceivable level and why would you love ennis for pretty much the same reasons <laughs> so those the, the things that are in this book the dark humor the kind of twisted sick humor you could really love this or you can really hate it Um, what we have here is jesse custer who's a, a preacher in a texas town as anvil i think it was called he clearly has a backstory which we don't find out about in this volume, but there's clearly something there. Um, he gets possessed by Genesis, which is like the spawn of an angel from heaven and a demon from hell, mate, and create this Genesis. It gets absorbed into into Jesse Custer's body, and he my This par calls the power of the word where he basically he can like mind control and make people do literally what he says. Um, he's now on a quest to kind of uh find out where God is when God has abdicated the throne, he's left, he's neglected his duties, he's gone. So Jesse Custer wants to find God and tell him tell him off, tell him get back to work, God. Um so we hear we have his ex-girlfriend who's an assassin. We have he makes friends with a vampire, an Irish vampire in South Texas, which is mad. And yeah, oh, we is have
0: he Irish. Yeah, he's Irish. I thought he was Scottish. No, it's, it
1: says it says Irish.
0: At some yeah, point. fair enough. Yeah.
1: Um, I didn't. I actually thought it was English initially because usually vampires tend to be English in most TV shows and movies. But yeah. then next to studio was Irish. But yeah, um we have this adventure. It's mental, in my opinion. Don't make it discreet. But, um, but anyway, I've, I've spoken for what seven minutes already. I'm going to let someone else talk. I think this book is divisive and I'm thinking to myself, we actually maybe split down the panel here, just knowing Woody to our likes. And if I'm being honest, I feel like Martin might be in my side. So I'm going to start with Martin. What's your initial thoughts on this book?
3: I really enjoyed this. This is, yeah, this is a bit of me. This is, is, uh, I like the weird and wonderful and this ticked all those boxes. I have to admit, I did prefer the first story to the second story. I liked the whole thing in Texas. That that was that was great. Uh, I did feel like it lost a bit of its charm going into the second story, but still, it was still good. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I would carry on reading this. This is something I'd i want to carry on going. It's very dense though. Uh, that caught me off guard. Um, yeah.
1: There's there's a lot of words. I think Shane said in our chat that is this guy getting paid by the word? Because if he is, he's fully capitalized on his earnings there. Oh, um, made his money there yeah Sheehan
2: what do you think uh, The I I did enjoy the first story uh, more than the second story had it stopped there in the trade um, I probably would have enjoyed it a bit more but it just I think reading it in a week it's a lot to read in a week this definitely needs to be a one issue a month um, story it is very very heavy each issue is like a trade like if you just do the word count for it, it probably matches up to any of the trades that we've read per issue for this well i'm a massive fan of the tv show so i was already going in expecting it to be ridiculous over the top crazy um they obviously cut back quite a lot um kind of like the boys do like the boys the TV show for the boys is very, very graphic as well. But the comic book was even more so. And it's the same with this. The show is very graphic, but this book is probably twice, if not three times as gross and as disgusting as the TV show. But I, I have a dark sense of humour. So I was I was chuckling along at most of the stuff in this book. So I I, I had a good time. It was just a long time. scott do you agree
0: nah nah this is this is this is a bit much this was i mean i read the foreword, okay and that set me up uh quite nicely i think so garth ennis said something along the lines of yeah you know you'll either like me or, or you won't um And, you know, he said, you know, the fact that he's written this book, he's got a TV show, he's got a lot, he's made, like, this book has made his career, essentially. And I just wonder, like, why do you, why do you need to bring up this, like, much, like, vulgarity to become successful? Like, whatever, there's no one way to skin a cat. Great. Fantastic. I'm glad he's got a good career. And reading Around everything what happens. Like he is a he is a good writer. Like he is very good at uh developing relationships. He's very good at just uh you know, I love the way he was I love the way he writes accents. You you're yeah. reading accents, you're reading Texas, you're reading Irish, you're reading whatever, you know, and that's very good. And I that's that's a skill on its own. Um, but I just can't I don't think I ever will. I think I, I'm just too sensitive, to be honest. I can't understand why, you know, we have some of the themes we have in this book. You know, H- Highland G said it's an adult book. Yeah, fine. Maybe I'm just happy with my little fantasy, sci-fi, you know, little, you know, magical escapism type of books. But this was just, it, it, it was a bit much. I can, I, I appreciate the writing. I'm just not sure I like the content.
1: No, that's fair. And I like
0: the, his, um, I like his intellect.
1: Yeah, you can, you t- can, you can tell he's clever, um, and yeah. the way he puts it together. Yeah, De- definitely, I agree. There's, there's a lot of, um, I mean, there's a few N words, a few F words, S and R words are used. Just, just things that, you know, we're never, we're never okay. But in 1995, we're probably more widespread Mm. in movies and TV shows and stuff. And I don't think he's writing at the point where he's trying to endorse it or support that kind of those kind of themes. I think it's more the case where, like, he's showcasing that this is what people are are capable of, and why not write a story about it? It And you're right, the name for himself from doing that.
0: It does feel real, you know, more realistic, obviously, than the other, you know, the superhero stuff that we read. But it's just. I, and I know there's a man with the, the the power of the word and there's a vampire in there when I say the word real. But um, it's just, yeah, like the themes and the, the emotions and, you know, the reactions to things, it all felt real. And, and the fact that, um, what was the serial killer's name? Him and, you know, when, when they were just telling the little story about how him and the, the vampire met. You know, I just liked I like that. It's, it wasn't necessary at all, but I like that. It just gives a little bit more, you know, it, it helps like thicken the line between that person and that person when you're trying to like, you know, match them up together. Yeah. Um Yeah.
1: So I only I only started reading this last night and I read the first four issues. I know you guys say they were, they were heavy, but I didn't even notice the time went by. Um, wow. I really enjoyed it. I just, I just really, I just flew through it and really loved it. And then, I think the reason why I liked it is, see, I'm a massive Tarantino fan, Quentin Tarantino fan,
2: mm.
1: and I'm getting Tarantino vibes from this book. Um, this would be the kind of stuff he would do, even even in his um his screenplay, is that dialogue of his characters. It's all very similar. Like if you remember Pulp Fiction, they're talking about you know royales with cheese and quarter pound, like, it makes no sense to the story but it builds those characters in that way and you, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff here that you mentioned it's almost about nonsense you don't need to have it but it gives you the reader a better sense of that character and I actually think all the characters had uh, enough screen, more screen time paper time you want to call it um, to, you know to really enjoy all of them especially the three main guys um, Jesse uh, Tulip Tulip and oh, what's his name That's the Cassidy name. the vampire yeah and so yeah, so I read the first four issues and I paused and I, I actually watched the first episode of the TV show as well. And the TV show is actually again Tarantino-esque. Like that it injects the odd little bit of humor scene. It has the kind of mad the madness and the really funky, cool dialogue. And it's not quite Tarantino's level level, of course, but it's up there. And like I said, I think that's why I took to this book. If I recall with the boys, I wasn't that fussed on the boys because of the stuff they'd done that was too far too much. So I'm completely contradicting myself by saying like this, but there's just something for this kind of stuck with me. And maybe I just can't explain that.
3: I'm Um, glad you've mentioned Tarantino. Sorry. Sorry. I'll say I'm glad you've mentioned Tarantino because I actually got a little bit of Pulp Fiction vibe Mm. from reading this too. I don't know why, but the fact you said it has just blown me away because I'm. I was on the right path if because I like that stuff as well. You know, I grew up on those films. So to actually get saying I think that's what it is. This is a product of the time, isn't it? You yeah. know, your Tarantino style films and your, your horror type, you know, things. This is what you got, late 80s, 90s. These were the sort of horror things that you that you were expected to see in film and, and TV series and stuff like that. So it wasn't a shock for me. Yeah. Um, I know Scott said he's a bit more sensitive to it, and I mean, I, I appreciate that. Because obviously, mm. this is not everyone's cup of tea. You know, it's not everyone's. But from coming from that era, growing up in that era, I feel like I'm a lot more acceptable of this content. Not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, that's the only way I could put it. I've I, I experienced it before. So it's like water off a duck's back. It doesn't bother me seeing these yeah. graphic scenes because I've seen it before. And, and pulp fiction, you mentioned that, that. It's literally
1: one of my best movies ever. And it was 1994 that came out. And I remember, like, trying to watch that whilst hiding from, like, my parents. Like, they obviously wouldn't let me watch that kind of stuff. But I, 1994, I was, I was eight. Eight or nine, roughly around that, that age. That's why I watched Pulp Fiction with my older brother, I should say. I wasn't like a dumbassile. And, like, I think maybe that's why maybe I'm not as sensitive. Because I was, I was exposed to that at a young age. And I've loved Tarantino ever since. But that's, that's why I think I, I've clicked with this book. is because of that vibe. Yes, it's dark. Like it's it's pretty dark, and mm. I mean, even the, um, the stuff he comes up with—the the sheriff's son who tried to commit suicide, Huge. but unfortunately has this uh, deformed face, and they call him Arseface. Like, it's it's, it's it's that's grim i can i can see why it would be an entertaining character to put forth and did you guys get the page where it's like hints and it shows you like four different scenes do you get that i think it was the end of volume four. uh before it was like one page and hints right and it showed you four cut scenes but mm-hmm. it shows you the, the guy eugene who was the son in the future um I'm pretty sorry, if you're if you're going to go like, the end of issue four, Scott, it shows it, and that's obviously what's what's to come ahead in in the series. There's 66 issues in this series, I should say. So there's, there's a lot lot to go with there. Um, let me just jump in the comments before I get lost because I tend to do that. Um, Highland G is oh, saying, "Sorry, ahead, yeah, so I that.
0: got the hints page."
1: Yeah, so it shows you that character Earthface, and he says, "I'm going to become Earthface." Like that's his name yeah. The thing. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. Which Are, is mental, like it's completely mental, and um, yeah, it's just like, why, like, how could you even write that and put it in a book and not be like criticized for that? That's, that's beyond belief, but sure. Um, mental Highland Jason is also, uh, one hell of a weird story, both in story and character development. We definitely get that 100%. Yeah. Um, Kevin said he also preferred the first story. Um, Highland G is saying it only gets darker as it goes, and the first volume is pretty tame. And the Ennis skill, this is the same guy who wrote Crossed. He's not for everyone. I haven't read much of Garth Ennis. Like he's from like Northern Ireland. Like you know, I should be supporting him. You'll be, you know, being a <laughs> local kind of creator and stuff. Um, And Burman, he grew up in Northern Ireland at a time where we we had dark history. So you almost forgive his kind of dark sense of humor or dark, you know high-fives the entertainment whatever um cassidy is his favorite character and we also have dean another show his comment because dean is has given us scores i'm definitely taking that score so it's great to have you back great choice this week chaps you're welcome preachers up there in my top 10 of all time single-handedly got me back to reading comic books back in the day gritty mature clever brash and unapologetic 100 the scores there we'll keep that for for the end um Fucky Gibbons Phil selling this to me with a Tarantino talk. I, I can't, I, I don't know why I can't explain it. It's just, it's 100% Tarantino vibes for me. Um, You could roughly describe it as what if Tarantino remade Dogma? And Kevin said, our face is based on a real guy. Who? No. Let us know. Hmm. Is there, I feel like I want to read up on this person. Well that so just, just made assume, me sad now. <laughs> yeah 100% I just think he just thought something crazy like you know references Kurt Cobain and suicide and he has an arse for a face like I thought that was mental but well, that's based but, yeah. on something that is sad.
2: And he was already a sad character I mean when he's just trying to talk to his dad and his dad's just ignoring him and it's just like yeah. heartbreaking. <sighs> oh. Yeah like it
1: was heartbreaking for both points if you obviously he wants to be do his dad proud and wants his dad to talk to him? And his dad, I don't know if it's the case of his dad, just didn't want to look at him, or maybe his dad felt guilt because he didn't, you know, didn't help him mm-hmm. when, when he needed the help type of thing. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get onto that more um, later. Steve Dillon, I can't think of a book that I've read that he's drew that's done the art in, but I thought he, I thought this was great. I honestly thought this was cracking art. Please tell me someone here agrees with me at least.
2: I yeah. enjoyed
3: it. Yeah, I'm just having a look, see if I can find something he's done.
0: Just good old nineties art. Yeah, yeah but
1: I mean, It's nineties about being that kind of over the top uh, superhero style we've used to. You know, with the nineties art style. If you know what I mean, like, there was a lot of pages that were quite plain. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you know, really subtle. Um. But I thought all the character designs, the faces, like the stubble and the faces, I thought yeah, everyone looked pretty cool,
0: yeah. to be honest. Yeah. No. Character design was really good.
2: Yeah. Shane, do you agree? Yeah, for the most part. One of my notes was the art at times is really, really good. But then there are times when like a few of the pages and panels are really, really bad. But overall, yeah, it's a, the faces are really, really nice.
1: When you say bad, like, can you think of what times? Like... I'm just trying to whenever they're, they're packed, there's a lot of stuff. There were like scenes, there's a lot going on. You know, yeah,
2: And like the, the, the detail was a bit lacking in most of the panels for the background. Everything was just plain unless there was something important in the background. Um I got but that it's yeah, it's fine. It's just noticeable when you you know, we've seen so many artists over three seasons of this, so it's easy to judge against someone who does an incredibly detailed background, you know, like, um, what's his name, did Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, like his backgrounds are just filled with everything imaginable. Yeah, like he just makes sure he fills the page. So it's just noticeable, but sometimes the faces weren't great, but most of the time they were, and you know how I feel about Mm -hmm. faces. And they were all distinct, like usually a writer or sorry, an artist, has a style for faces. So all the men have the same face and all the women have the same face, but every character has their own face, their own design. You can recognize them straight away in a scene before they talk. You just see a headshot, you know exactly who that is. Yeah. So I appreciate that.
3: And he was consistent yeah. through the whole book. Just, you yeah. know, there was not, and, and I think, I would say, look, he's uh, he's back at his back history like, of what he's done. And he's done things for, like, his bigger, his bigger titles. He's done, I'll say, like, more issues. He's done stuff for 2000 AD or, um Judge Dredd. He's done Hellblazer for Vertigo. And he's done Punisher Max, uh, Punisher from Marvel Knights. Um, they're sort of his bigger ones. He's had a few issues of Animal, Animal Man for Vertigo. So he seems to be a, he's from this sort of, Darker so, genre.
1: He, he would have done not The Punisher Max with Garth Ennis, yeah. I would and I, I think they're reprinting that omnibus next year, and I remember thinking, like, Garth Ennis, is a, he's, he's dark in his, in his writing, how is Marvel going to tame that as such, because they have to, it's Marvel, of course. Obviously, The Punisher's the one character you can imagine would be a bit over the top with you new know, as antics. So now this makes me more interested in picking up that omnibus next year. If well, this is the that we're going to get,
3: and according to this, he's done the first twenty-two issues
1: mm.
3: with Garth Dennis, so it's best part that's of the run, right, isn't it? Yeah,
1: I think I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna grab that. Um, Highland Jason, my only niggle with the art was a lot of the faces make characters look related as they are, a bit too similar, and yeah, I could see that. To be fair, um. Yeah, I can see that's
3: the case. But again, that goes back to what Shane said before. You find that an artist has a style. Yeah. That, you know, all characters look very similar um,
2: because that's just their I style. I didn't find that, though, in this surprisingly. I didn't feel that personally.
1: Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's, he means only, only in the series. But what I'm thinking in terms of the oh, tulip and Jesse, yes, Jesse had, had facial hair and stuff. But, like, even like the eyes were all very similar, I think. I know sounds really strange, but maybe that's that's where I'm agreeing with at that point. Obviously, um, Cassidy is a unique, one of a kind looking character. Um, but yeah, uh, Kev has broke the unfortunate news, which I didn't know, so apologize. Steve Dillon has passed away now, unfortunately. Um, very
3: sad. Oh, that's a shame.
1: Yeah. Um, but listen, uh, uh, you know, the legacy is this. This art's superb. Big fan. Mm-hmm um so because of that this brings us more marvelously into our, our mm. page picks um this week i will start with um i'll, I'll just start with kev kev our resident artist has sent a page mm. i believe he has reasons that i jump you... the gun squad and just catch no nope,
0: that's fine i got it no worries thank you very much um <laughs> kev has said uh so this is his page he goes this page is very cool. Uh, I like how the panel zoom in closer on the Saint of Killers face as he blasts his way through the police. I also really like the muted colour palette. I think it grounds yeah. the book. Mm. Yeah,
1: the colour palette's great. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. And Matt Hollingsworth, I believe, is he the one who was on White Knight? I think it was the White Night book he was on. Certainly yeah. rings a bell Matt Hollingsworth could be completely wrong. But yeah, like for some reason, like these faces just remind me of the old school '90s artwork. Even like the, the dandy and the bino, the kind of like the grittiness, the kind of mm. the scratchy edges et- 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 of the feet. Yeah, it's, am- I think it's amazing. You're um, right.
3: Phil. You're right. He was on yeah. White Knight and Curse of the White Knight. There we go. cool. And I need to see Martin's, what
2: are, <laughs> Martin's our resident Google. She's gonna answer all the questions <laughs> we have throughout <laughs> the entire episode. He's actually,
0: actually just AI. It. He's just AI. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's a great page. I mean, I was a fan of this uh, Saint of Killer guy just the way he looked. I he, he's just, yeah. just yes. fierce and menacing, doesn't he? He was cool.
2: Yeah. Uh, great page, Shane. What did you go for? I went for this page. Cassidy trying to run over the Saint of Killers. Um, just it was awesome. He's just standing there, and he did. Cassidy just runs into him with the car, but. Saint Killer just stands there and just the car crushes around him as Cassidy comes flying out. I thought it was a really cool image in the comic. Yeah. I, it really I, good. Love the,
1: yeah. I love the top panel where he's like the headlights of the car, obviously, and you see that's it's really cool. And that's the thing. Was I, I've actually picked two pages myself because I think the art does a really good job at telling the story. Whereas mm-hmm. like sometimes with superhero comics, they don't they can't really do that too well. Where this is like old school, where they're actually doing old school kind of tricks, of the trade to tell that the art tells the story, and this this displays that for me. Um, I'll go into one of my page picks because we've we've had to see this the Santa killer, whatever his name was, now a few times. <laughs> yeah, I just thought he looks cool. I like the the way this is positioned. The one big panel, a little small panel of them at the diner, and he's coming to get them, type of thing. And he just looks menacing, looks badass. I mean, he looks half dead. I mean, obviously he's white as a ghost and they raised him from the dead or whatever. But I just thought, you know, like if you're a photographer, you know the rules of three. You know, you keep you keep your subject in one third of the panel. That's yeah. that's what I really appreciate about this, to be honest. Um, yeah, thought it was really cool.
0: I'm so glad you brought up the rules of thirds. Um yeah. I got friends that take the nick at me with that. I go and take photographs. I've got to go the rule of thirds, isn't it? And they're like, ah, oh, shut up, you nerds. Take the photo. And then they go to take a photo in front of me. and They're like, do you want me to go by the rule of thirds? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, mate, it's a legit, like, 100% style. Like, you know, we'll
1: go on a uh, kind of tangent here. But if you're taking a picture at the beach, don't take a picture of yourself full on. Literally put yourself on the little cross on the one of the final thirds and your yeah. picture will look so much better. Yeah. Trick of the trade. Not that I'm in the trade. I'm just, I'm just a fan on Instagram of people who do it. To be <laughs> honest, yes, um, see. did. Scott pick the same character. I'm not sure. Did he? Do you not? Go
0: no. On. I like this page. So this, uh, for anyone listening, this is when they kind of these weren't the angels, were they? These guys, or were they the angels? They, they were angels. Kind of, yeah, they were they're,
1: they're, there's different kind of yeah breeds of angels. They were kind of being
0: in. interrogated in the sky, standing on some, some sort of blue platform above what seems to be like a black hole. And, you know, they're trying to like argue their way out of being, I don't know, imprisoned, incarcerated, uh, sacrificed. I don't know what's going on, but uh, it's really cool. Um, you know, this is probably the most, uh, I don't know, fantastical part of the yeah. book for me. Um and then yeah as soon as they got like dropped into that black hole i'm like where do they go like where do, where does that go like what happens is it just infinite darkness do they just do they plop out somewhere like where do they go and i'm and I'm hoping to, to be fair i'm never gonna read on but i'd like to know where they go that's that's it for me i'd like to know I where
3: actually i chuckled when i saw this page because it made me think the phantom zone yeah. I was expecting to read a bit of text there you know, I will find him. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. See, this is why I think it's quite clever because he he's putting all this mad stuff in the book, mm. but he literally has angels, and the way he's described it in terms, he has these angels and different types of angels, and these guys here in the blue and the white hair, they're like the scientists. They're yeah. the ones who kind of I think it says here somewhere they, they do all the work. And all the guys with the wings are just show offy, eh, and they're the muscle. And I like the way he kind of done that; like he built that kind of world, even though it was all quite subtle and wasn't really used that much in the book. But but what was used here, I thought it was really, really, really clever. To be honest, um, yeah, that was a great page. And you're right; I kind of want to know where they end up because I think they said in that page they 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 can come back or don't come back to us or something. So they're not dead; mm. they're just they're somewhere. somewhere I else. thought maybe hell is what I was thinking, but good shout. Yeah, we'll find
3: out. Martin, your page pick, please. I had to pick the Saint of Killers yeah. as well. I can't help it. A, a, a character I am just falling in love with lately is Gunslinger Spawn. Oh, yeah. And I just I don't know what it is. This character just gave that vibe to me. And to have that page, this page is obviously when he comes into the bar, when Cassidy comes into the bar looking um for, obviously, the Saint of Killers. And the Saint of Killers just blows a hole in him for not giving him what he wants. I thought it was great, you know. It just shows, as you say, the menacing character and that, but a wild west theme as well. It was fantastic. I, I enjoyed right. this. It's really cool. Will... The wild west theme is 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 great.
1: Um, yeah, big fan of this.
0: I will say, Cassidy might like being a vampire, and everyone not knowing he is a vampire has given him a lot of advantage in this story. <laughs> yeah. You know, he he survived that shot from the Cinti killers. Uh he got away with looking like the murderer at the end of the book <laughs> yeah. um by mm-hmm. chucking the you know the knife through his through his neck. And yeah, there's there's loads of advantages in there.
1: A good Makes, segue from what Scott said there. So at the end of the book, Cassidy uh, is essentially framed to be like the master the, the serial killer. The cops are outside. The yeah the reaver cleaver so because he, he's a vampire he sticks a knife in his throat and plays dead and then the reason why i have added a second page here is this is tarantino this is why i thought tarantino i can almost imagine this scene happening mm-hmm. with some sort of fancy music like like pulp fiction style music where they're in the morgue and the guy's starting a cigarette and then someone goes is the sun is it is it, is it sun one down yet and, time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the guy startled thinking, What's this? And Cassie just appears blood dripping down his neck and asks for a cigarette and the guy lights it. Again, for a Quentin Tarantino movie, this is where the music kicks in and we get end credits. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I just thought that's so cool. The way the art tells that story, that kind of comical um insert into like a really dark story. I thought was really cool and I really appreciated it.
0: I don't know why I got like, I think I think it's the cigarette, but I got like Constantine vibes. Yeah. You know, that does look that's a little like
3: Constantine. A L- little but, bit. But then, obviously, when I checked it earlier, he has written Hellblazer. A lot of
1: issues. Uh, Hellblazer. Oh, right,
0: okay. It's Gar- yeah, Garth has
1: written Hellblazer. Is that right?
3: Yeah. I don't know, has he? So, oh.
1: I thought he just said.
3: No, the artist.
1: No. Oh, Steve okay. Oh, I, yeah, yeah,
3: because he looks like Hellblazer. He looks like Constantine a little bit, doesn't he? I wouldn't hmm. be surprised if Garth Ennis has written
1: Hellblazer. Um, check that out. while you're Why you're on the Wikipedia oh, there, Morgan? Because um, that could be another series that might, might start. I don't know. Um, but yeah, hey, that's our Has he? There we go. Yeah, so, so the same mm-hmm. team, literally like Garth and Steve Dillon.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know if weird. it's the same. I don't know wow. if it's the same team. I can check that.
3: It doesn't look like Garth Innes was on the book at the same time, but it's Hellblazer again. So, So.
1: and that's also DC Fertigo, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. And I'm assuming 90s. Yeah. Like, what a time to be like DC Fertigo having these titles, you know? Great, super. Um, So, yeah, that's our page picks. I think we're all fans of the art. A few nitpicks, maybe here or there, but generally, I think we all really appreciate the art. so yeah.
0: Again, I can I can always appreciate the detail in things. And I'm and I'm always wondering like, you know, we had like gunshots from the sides of people's faces, and their like noses and mouths were just destroyed, and their you know, skin was just dangling and hanging around. And I'm like, Why?
2: Yeah. I
0: just don't get it. Like they survive as well. I just and they survive, and I just don't yeah. understand. And the whole thing about like uh the guy who gets his Face cut off, and then like,
1: oh, the skin. Is Scott gone? Have we lost them? Yeah, I
2: think
1: I think we've lost you, Scott. Oh. Sign, anyway. but yeah, he, he, he was saying about, he was saying about the skin. one of the victims of the serial killer
2: turns it upside down and nails it back on.
1: (laughs) Did we ever find out who that was? Was that the random person or?
2: I think so but I just found it funny when um, Cassidy comes running in and his face is upside down and so his mouth is up there but you can see one eye looking through the mouth hole of his own face Oh, I laugh at that sort of thing because I'm completely desensitized. I know Phil don't like that sort of thing, you know, faces hanging from ceilings and stuff, I get it, but I found it amusing. Yeah, For yeah, context, like
1: the, the difference is, again, I've said a few times, with hotel, that's what we're talking about, it was, the difference was the guy mutilated his wife's dead body, uh, That that it was that context is why I didn't like hotel, I don't mind a bit of gore. Mutilating a
2: live body is okay, it's mutilating a dead body you have a problem with. was not, it, it's wasn't, so it, wasn't,
1: clear. it wasn't his husband <laughs> done it, it wasn't his wife <laughs> done it, it was just <laughs> a serial killer, which do exist, and that's the thing <laughs> about what I think with this writer writers, like he's not endorsing that behaviour, he's just acknowledging that this exists, and why not write books about it, and I think it's okay. Yes, it's not for everybody, which we've obviously established, it's very much split 50-50, but I, I, I'm there for it. Um, Stay sense. Sorry, I didn't get a page in, pretty much for the live stream, so did we, to be honest. Yep. Um. Uh, there, there are a lot of words, I didn't find it as dense, but I will admit there are a lot of words. Like for me it's not building too much of a strange world or anything like that, they just talk a lot.
2: But it so uses I. all the words, all the words yeah. are in it, book. of them. But, that you, if you just throw your encyclopedia away, your dictionary, you don't need it, just get this, because this has all the words. It's all in there. All of them uh, are in it. <laughs>
1: And Dean is confirming that he did do Hellblazer and there's an omnibus available. I may check that out. If it's only one volume, especially,
3: I may have it might be out it. of print though. Come I back. haven't I've seen it around too, for a while, but he'll come back. DC see reprinting everything at the moment, so Yeah. It might positive be. positive positive vibes. <laughs> um
1: I'm just saying Scott, is he back? Is he not? Nope. You He's gonna worry. have the restart. We can't tell you, but <laughs> it's so, Japanese. Isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> Restart, join us back, and then if you don't, I'll just take your 10 out of 10.
2: Scott never has yeah. problems. What's happened? Scott never has technical problems when we're it was
1: mid-conversation too. He wasn't like literally talking and I went oh.
2: off. So you the say reaction. you watched the first episode of the TV show, Bill. Yep. Martin, have you seen any of the TV show?
3: No. Uh when I was sorting the reel out for the Instagram page, I watched the trailer. Um but yeah, I, it looks interesting. interesting. I was actually quite interested yeah, was, to and watch it. So
2: I've watched all of it. It's fantastic. It's it's such a binge-worthy show. Like you you don't just want to watch one episode, you want to binge it. See,
1: I watched the first one last night and the introduction of the characters is obviously very different. They've obviously they've done things a lot differently. Um, but not in a bad way, it's still really good. And this is the thing we've had this season, actually. We've we've read books that have had TV shows and we've we've mm. watched the shows before the books. And the books haven't actually left up to the show. So luckily I haven't watched the TV series. But it looks very promising. What I will say about that um, is mm-hmm. that I read after this after the first episode that there's four seasons of the TV show. It's on Amazon Prime at the minute. And they cancelled it because it was too violent. <laughs> so that tells t- me, again, like this book, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. it it, it did mention the fear ship kind of dropped each season but is that because it's too violent do do you know what i mean so it's
2: it it could be because the quality stayed the same the you know you know what you're getting from volume from series one and that's what you got in series two three and four you just got a different version of it because it was a different story but you got the same amount of gore the same amount of naughty words you know same amount of violence it was all in there so if you didn't like series one obviously it would drop off but I mean, maybe it did start to get a bit weird in the future series. You know, like, you know, in the first episode, um, Jesse uses the word to tell Eugene to go to hell and he disappears. Was that in the first episode? No. Okay, that happens Um... slightly down the line. so Eugene, he sends Eugene to hell in the TV show. And so the rest of the season, he's in hell. So it's just him in
1: the end of the first episode, sorry for spoilers, guys. The end of the first episode, he didn't know he had this power of the, of the word or whatever. And he, he spoke to one of his, um what do, what do you call them, church Congregation. Congregation. Yeah. And he basically had problems with his mom. He's like, be brave, go talk to your mom and open your heart to her. So he <laughs> traveled from Texas to Florida straight away on plane and then arrived at the nursing home to his mom and Told his mom basically what he thought about it and stuff, and then he gets a knife and opens his heart literally. And that's the power of the word like, like, whatever he really says true. literally happens, yeah. you know. Yeah, so um, when he tells Eugene, frighten him, yeah, that's it's yeah. frightening. Well, in terms of like a story trope, so to speak. But hopefully, again, in the book, he obviously understands that and he doesn't do those things. Obviously, we've seen this book, he told the sheriff to go F himself. And the sheriff, unfortunately, <laughs> cut off his thing yeah. and F himself, literally. And that's 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 the height of the, the, the you know this book. Um which again 100 percent it's 50-50. Love it or hate it. That that's where we're at. Scott,
0: are you with us? Are you back? Uh, am I back? Yes, you are back. Yay. I have a voice, um, I have the power of the word.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, in terms of the actual story, like uh, there's a lot of like I say the words and language used that you know aren't aren't nice. to, to, to say you're here, but the actual story about him trying to find God, and having this part. Did you like the kind of main uh, idea, the concept I'll, Scott, I'll start with you, Because I know you obviously you I think you liked it, but you didn't like all the other stuff that came with it.
0: Yeah, like premise wise, I you know when you you read something. And you go and tell a friend about it and then uh you just oh, sorry um yeah you go and tell a friend about it and you just give them the footnotes essentially mm-hmm. um i i would like this if someone just explained it to me in a quick little bullet point thing like exactly what happens you yeah. know like you want the like, wikipedia you know, entry <laughs> yeah like you know uh, an angel and a demon Make a make a you know baby that shouldn't have been. That kind of spirit goes into this guy. He now has the power to literally tell anyone to do whatever he wants them to do. And he goes on a mission to look for God to give him a telling off to get back to work. Um, and then on the way, he meets his ex girlfriend and a vampire, and they. Have to fight the the police, and they fight this saint that's after them that was risen from a coffin, and things like that. So like, it's it sounds cool. It's just and and it is cool. And I'm trying to. I'm not trying to say it isn't. It's just the the language and some of the themes were just a bit much. You yeah, know, like Evelyn goes really...
1: to you for shock almost. exact like shock you, yeah. try yeah. and get that interest. Hundred yeah. percent, I agree. Yeah,
0: and I think for some people that shock can tip over into well i'm done like this yeah. is too much i don't like this um i'm not saying that by the way but it can mm-hmm. you know it's a it's very delicate he's very close to whatever line he's trying to get close to
1: yeah there's a whole there's a whole range of people with various like different lines and he's crossed quite a lot of them i would imagine but some yeah. people you're right they're on that tipping point um and i I feel like I'm on the tipping point. Like, like Highland J mentioned, it gets worse or it, it gets darker as it goes on. I do have a level myself. Like I don't want to go too far. But from what from this volume where we've got what we've got with it, I'm okay with it for now. It depends how far it goes. From what um, we've
0: read in the past, the the line I know for you is hotel.
1: Yeah, and, and same ho- for me to be fair. And ho- yeah, hotel was a strange one. It, it was really it messed mm. with you the miss your head oh, yeah. a little bit more, you know, and 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 that's my line, to be honest. Um even though this might be worse in terms of the, the language used, it's still not hitting that point in terms of like what's actually happening to people. Um I think they made a point somewhere in the book with regards to Cassidy. And it was the, the reporter, Sai, had said something on the lines like essentially he's a good vampire. He hasn't killed anyone who's didn't have it coming to them type of thing. You know he doesn't just kill people off the street or whatever else um so like he's, a, he's a good he's a good fan you know And i like that like and i hope that he stays like that and doesn't go to like a killing spree and kill women and children and whatever else and um there are certain things for me are off limits but so far we haven't seen it in this this mm-hmm. one um martin were you with that are you happy with the story do you not mind a bit of the
3: vulgar? or no i, I don't have many limits If I'm being honest, I am quite open to whatever. Yeah, yeah, that didn't bother me whatsoever. I'm quite. I'm not. I'm not weirdo, but I have. I don't. (laughs) caveat I've said every weirdo ever. (laughs) But But I don't really have a limit with these sort of things because I think you know, with with reading the reading the book like this, it it, that doesn't faze me at all. I know I touched upon it earlier on. It, It it takes a lot to really mm. sort of maybe gross me out or freak me out to not want to progress. I don't think we've come across a book yet that is anywhere near where my limits will be. So I'm quite excited to see where this goes because I like this sort of thing. I would quite happily read on. And if it gets worse, I will I could easily just yeah. deal with that. It's not a problem. I'm thinking
1: back to, like, I can remember Colder kind of freaked me out with the art stack yeah, yeah. times. Remember the cover of the guy put his fingers through his mouth and his eye and stuff? That that was that was creepy. A different way, a different way of kind of you know pushing that boundary. But Scott, what was the book that you picked and it was like about space and God and demons and all this kind of weird stuff? Nameless. Nameless? Yeah. Yeah. That was meant uh, to Grant Morrison. Uh, yeah Grant, Grant Morrison, speaking. yeah. yeah. Mm. Because that plays with your mind a little bit, I think. So that's again that that's me my my line my boundary i was a hell of a thinker yeah, i tried to yeah. forget
3: that book it was <laughs>
1: it looked good but it was um was it
0: was it i was it a joke or ironic that you couldn't remember the name of nameless or
1: <laughs> there we go yeah. yeah no yeah completely intentional jokes that's all i'm totally. yeah,
2: yeah.
1: For. um Shane, what what do you think about the the kind of overall story, the language used, um, the way yeah, you've done I'm it? Yeah,
2: I'm fine with that. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely fine. Like words mean nothing. They, they, you know, it's just words. At the end of the day, swear words, naughty words, banned words, no such thing. Um, but sometimes it's. I get it was the nineties, so I forgive everything in this book because it was the nineties. You can't read a book in 2023 and accuse it of anything because it was a 90s book you know but even in the 90s i know this was for a mature audience but i think scott said it's just shock for the sake of shock for some points of it like you're just saying these words you're just saying the naughty words because you can get away with it you know like when you're a kid in the playground and you're having a swear because there's no teachers Mm -hmm. around and you're having a telling swear. everyone you're, yeah you're just telling everyone you know and you're just like look i learned a new word look at this word oh i heard this word and you're just having a swear in the playground because you can get away with it you wouldn't have a swear in the classroom because you can't get away with it so you can't have a swear in a superman book because you wouldn't get away with it so i feel like he's just doing it because he can and i'm okay with that because it goes with this sort of theme for this book it is a it is a place and these are characters that would talk like that so i'm okay i don't have limits like that on words on violence on anything like that my limit is with sexual assault in comic books i just i don't want them in my comic books i don't want yeah. i do not want do- that like when we had that in the crow the it was a bit much because they still mm. they 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 didn't show the, the whole thing but they showed more than they needed to to tell the story you know, you can have it in the book as an aftermath, but don't have the actual scene in a comic book. I I don't want to see that. Yeah. But violence and swear words, I'm okay with. Do Do you think again? I haven't read
1: too many comics from the like from Marvel and DC comics from the 90s. However, I'm just I'm remembering some stuff that we've read before. What was the the Ghost Rider one? There was a four issue Ghost Rider book that we read. That was quite edgy. Not 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 this level edgy, but it was edgy for Marvel. Season
0: one. Midnight, yeah,
1: Suns. Midnight, Suns. Midnight Suns, right? And I remember sitting there with a cigarette and stuff as well. And like Again, you don't see that today. But I'm just wondering, because this was like a... I'm assuming Vertigo started in the 90s, and I'm assuming with the kind of uh, the rise of Image Comics that DC wanted to do something different. So if DC and Morrow at this time were already trying to be a little bit more edgy with their superhero stuff, did maybe he... you know, Did DC want this? Did they call for this? Did they want something really shock for you, something's going to sell something's a bit mad you know off the shelves that you know is that what was requested well, it, from
2: dc there's a three-part documentary on hbo max actually um the history of dc it's called superpowered and i watched it over the weekend and it does actually talk about them bringing vertigo in and the woman that was in charge of the imprint how she went to london to find all these writers and artists yeah. to work on these books they needed something different the superhero genre was dying you know they 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 were on their last legs they didn't know what to do they killed superman off just to try and get sales back up and nothing was working so they needed something so she went out and she found english writers and artists and pretty much just let them do what they wanted to do they just they needed content so it's obviously
1: it's obviously worked then because they needed to do something different and maybe that's why we have this level of kind of uh, vulgarity because they hmm. needed to do something out of the ordinary to kind of bring comics. back. I, I haven't heard in terms of like preacher safe comics or anything like that. There, I just maybe that's this is one of the turning points in comics history. They they needed to do something different to get more eyes on the product, um, to sell more superhero this,
2: books. This came <laughs> out at the same time as like Sandman and Swamp Thing. And, you know, all this sort of like all these things where people were no longer ashamed to carry a comic book out in public because they were reading Sandman and Preacher. You know, they weren't reading Batman or Superman, so they didn't have to hide their comic books because they were going to be called a nerd. Now they were cool because the goths got to read comics and, you know, the cool kids got to read comics as well.
3: And they're Vertigo staples, aren't they? You know, yeah, The staple things, this, this, (laughs) Sandman, they're staple books that put Vertigo on the map. You know, same with Hellblazer. Yeah. um
1: Highland G is just saying here that I think if you guys read this to the end, it will test all your limits. He pushes extreme <laughs> context and that goes on. Just a friendly warning. I read it three once and sold my books. Does that <laughs> no. mean that you've, read it, you've read it once, but you enjoyed it, but you didn't have the appetite to go back to it, or you read them all and hated it? You know, do you know what I mean? Like, did you actually enjoy it, but you thought I couldn't do that again? That was a lot of effort, and you know, uh, what's I'm thinking of? like morally, you couldn't do it
3: again type of thing. Let us know. Did he reach um, his max? Did he reach his limits?
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe that's what it is. He, he reached my limit on the final issue, couldn't go back, sold. Um, <laughs> Uh, Dean is saying, "I definitely don't think Ennis threw things together for the sake of it. A lot of his writing relies on contrast. The boys highlights the reality of the ultra violence of superheroes, and here we have the contrast of the holy and the unholy nature of humankind and their intention. I think that definitely becomes more prominent later on, and that's what I kind of think. Like I so said earlier on, like, he, he's not making stuff up; he's he's just showing the human, like, you know, this the reality of." human humans are nasty people that, that you know
0: hmm.
1: showing what can be done and what humans are essentially capable of whether good or bad um and again like like scott's saying too it's not for everybody like he like you don't have to read that if people are happy to do it and read it great but it's not for everybody um and that's why it's a, a divisive title um but yeah i i, I i'm a fan but we are approaching towards the end of the show, folks. Do you have any final points you want to make before we get them all important scores?
2: I no, did just want to bring one thing up from the because it's totally different from the comic book and the TV show. Um, Eugene, um, even though like in in this he mumbles and they have to give you little boxes to tell you what he's saying. They do the same thing in the TV show, even though you can slightly understand the actor. They put subtitles up when he speaks. Um, but he's such a good character in the TV show. Like I say, he goes to hell in the first season and he has to escape hell. But to do so, he needs Hitler's help. So him and Adolf Hitler do a jailbreak from hell and escape. And then by the end of the show, Adolf Hitler has a fight with a Jesus Christ clone. So like, if you ever want like complete mental craziness in a TV show, check out the TV show, because it is so much fun from start to end. It is just... You will never expect what's coming in any any of the seasons I wonder if that's the same in the book because the, the, the
1: general idea is that from the comments this book gets worse and more mad um Hyland J is it uh, it wasn't harsh enough for him to stop and finish but some of the character changes as things didn't as things go on didn't sit well with him so he didn't want to reread it so I think he still enjoyed it he just once he had his fill of it that was, that was it um. Folks, this is your chance. Get get those all-important scores in if you read along. We're um, only assessing, we're only judging Volume 1, which is 1-7. to seven. I know it's hard if you've read the entire series, but that's what we're looking at. Um, give your scores. Um, we'll add them up with ours, and we, we'll see. Does it take mm. Stray Dogs off the top spot? Does it come in the top 10? Does it come last? Who knows? Um, Shane, we will start with you. Your final thoughts and scores.
2: But yeah, I, like I said, I enjoyed the first story in this trade more than the second story, but the second story was still decent. I just think I needed time between them. A week is a bit much, like I say, it's a bit short of a time to read these seven issues because they are so dense. And I didn't notice until Scott was sort of giving his Cliff Notes version, but he made this sound like the Wizard of Oz you know, this guy's off to see God and along the way he meets a vampire and an assassin. And they've <laughs> got to stop. Like, it just sounded like The Wizard of Oz. I was just like, it's fun. It's crazy. It's over the top. It's meant to be. It's dark. It's gritty. It's 90s. It's pretty much what you'd expect. I personally wouldn't read on because I did think, I do think I enjoyed the TV show a bit more. And there were too many changes for me to want to read on in the book to see like what else they changed, um, but yeah, it's not a bad book. It's very nineties. Um, I'm going to give this a, a solid seven. Nice, Scott.
0: Take it away. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I've said throughout this, I can, I appreciate the you know the the thought and the intellect and the the creativity that's gone into this book and I really liked you know what I'm like I love character development I love the relationships and I really enjoyed that and I kind of uh, I really enjoyed the reveal of uh, vampire man well, I can't remember his name <laughs> Cassidy. <laughs> uh, Cassidy yeah being revealed as a vampire that kind of threw me a bit and I enjoyed that um, but yeah the premise of the book is is really good but there were just some parts in there which really just made me think, really? Is that is that necessary and all that? So, um, so yeah, with all that being said, I really enjoyed the art as well. Uh, classic, you know, 90s vibe as well. You could look at any page and go, when was this book made? And you would go, yeah, that's a 90s book, you know? Um, yeah, I'm going for a seven as well. Nice. Martin, where are you at on this?
3: I am going to mirror a little bit what the lads have said. Um, because, you know, I did. I love the art style on this. I thought Steve Dillon done a great job. You know, I could read more of this, easily read more of this with this art. The writing as well did not phase me at all of how graphic it can get. I would want to read more. Um, did I think this was a big, like a, a big volume? No, I enjoyed the first part of the story. It was a great, great story. But I do feel it dipped a little bit in the second one. I just felt like it lost me a little bit. Um, but I would continue because I felt like it did end on a stage where I wanted to know more. Um, I don't really want to check out the TV series at this point because I'd like to read more of the story because I feel if Shane says what he's, he's saying it's true and the TV series is better, I feel like I will not continue reading this book if it's better. So for me, I'm going to give it a 7.5. because There's room there for it to get better.
1: Yeah. Um. Thanks very much, we have a few scores in the chat, this is your last chance, this is your last 30 seconds um, to get your to get your scores in, um, before I, or when I give mine. Um, so I bought this book one day in Liverpool, I was just passing Forbidden Planet, it was on sale and I bought it, right? Um, <clears throat> didn't been around the arena till now, but I, I'm all in on this, am I'm, I I'm torn, do I buy the paperbacks or do I go for the absolute editions? Um, the art's fantastic. Love the art. Love the style. For me, it's 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 kind of what I like to look at, especially for indie books that are a little bit over the top. Like it, it suits the vibe essentially. Um, I do agree some of the the themes and language and things are a bit a bit much. They 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 do they do cut deep, and I can see why it's divisive. But again, I'm Maybe giving Garth and the, the benefit of the doubt and thinking he's not trying to hurt anybody or he's, he's literally just showing here, here's the world. We're not all nice people. um, But for me, telling a really compelling story, um, I can remember The the Sandman and it touched on the, the kind of spiritual kind of stuff and I, I wasn't sold on The Sandman initially. I'm actually back into that because I'm loving the, the, the audiobook for it. But I think, Preacher, I'm going to go, I'm going to take a big dive into here um really enjoyed it. Love the art, love the story. The characters are great. Cassidy's great. Uh, Jesse Custer is really intriguing. Um yeah, I'm all in. I, I love it. It's one of the it's one, it's one of the best books I think I've read in the last couple of years, if I'm being brutally honest, and I'm looking forward to more. But there's room for growth. It's not perfect by all means. The split in the stories, whilst I like the second one, it does kind of fall down, and that's the only reason I'm actually marking this down. Um I'm going for an eight point five. Um and that's where I'm at with it. Uh love that Looking forward to the reading on. So we have our scores. We had a nine from Dean. uh from comment previously. We gave it a nine out of ten. And going down to Kevin has given us seven seven point five. Highland G um has given it a seven with the first volume. Kevin said it's a solid start. He will read on. And Stee has said, seven for me, I did enjoy it and I'm curious where it goes, but not sure if I will read on, to be honest. I think that's kind of the vibe that, you know, even before we read it, with Patrick Rufus, his comment to say, it's not for everybody, not everyone's Mm going to like this, and I love it or hate it. So with those scores, the herd average is, correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, 7.6. Um, add that with my 8.5, Scott 7, Shane 7, and Martin 7.5. We have an average of 7.5. Is that correct? Do you concur? Yes.
0: Yep. Yes.
1: So we do know it's not in the top 10, unfortunately, um, because to get in our top 10, you need to beat 8.3. The top 10 stays as it is, but where does it fall in with the rest of the books? 7.5 is joint 11th with. Batman, TMNT, and Flashpoint. Nice. There we go. Nice. It's fair. Yeah. Uh so yeah, that that's been Preacher. Um we've enjoyed it. We've enjoyed the discussion. But again, some of the stuff it's it's not for everybody. That's okay. Um we do have some things coming up uh, for the rest of the week on the Nerd Herd channel. Starting tomorrow, usual time, seven PM, I believe. We have Kev's draw along. How to draw Iron Man. Not Preacher. Not Vampires. <laughs> Iron Man. And uh, if you do follow Kev on Instagram, check out his little animation he done for the his Iron Man character. Um, Love his jibies. He's you
0: know? even wearing glasses. <laughs> oh, yeah, Look it. That. That's so good. But you, you've
1: seen the animation where he's it's, it's taken off, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah be His
2: beard on. should be sticking out at the bottom like through the, through the gaps in the Iron Man helmet. He should have like... <laughs>
1: Squidgy lines coming out. Really cool. Um, So, we're in our final wave. That was my final pick of season three. Let's see what Scott's final pick is, shall we? Let's see what we're reading next week. So, Scott, sell this book to our listeners. Go.
0: We are reading one of my favorite books. I can't wait for the deluxe to come out uh, next month. We are reading We Only Find Them When They're Dead. Volume one, entitled Bookseeker. Five issues, that's all we're reading. It's only a 15-issue story, and that's it. Uh, But, oh my God, what a stunning-looking book, and what an awesome premise. Cannot wait to get back into this. Absolutely loved it.
1: Yeah, I'm a fan. I, I read it in single issues, too. And yeah, looking forward to every read and, and see where it falls on the all-important leaderboard. But folks, thanks everyone who's joined us live. Everyone who's been in the chat, give us the scores. It's glad we're glad to have you here, of course. We love the interaction. Please check out everything else on our channel. They're all our Instagrams, they're all there. And yeah, one final thing to do. Yeah. Uh,
0: we um we kind of have news. Oh, well, we do. We kind of have news. Phil said at the very start of this episode that uh, today is the start of our final wave. We are also here to announce today that this is the start of the final wave of our final season. We won't be carrying on anymore. Uh, we have, we've been doing this for three whole years. We've absolutely loved it, but we're going to do one last, uh, wave one big bang and we're going to have a good time and then that'll be it for us.
1: Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It's sad. I mean, I mean, Dean's in the chat tonight, Dean, us together um yeah i've been in for three years but yeah it's uh immensely sad but we've still have three, a few weeks of us on your screens so soak that in tell your friends about us let's have a, a, a great final hooray read some great books
2: and yeah and of course we'll have us we'll have a show roundup we do a season roundup every year we'll do a show roundup this year of course
1: to to be determined with date. We, we haven't scheduled that yet, but we will definitely do that at some point um after the final wave. But yeah, um sorry that if it hurts people what's you know we, we have to, but it comes to the point where it's like, it, it's it's very much needed and I'm looking forward to a bit of a break, to be honest. But <laughs> we'll leave it for now, we'll catch you next week. Please come back. Get your waves out.
0: <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Love you. (laughs)